Well, I didn't even get an old me out of that. It's all right. The Spirit of God comes in when this is opened up to him. Lord, the Holy Ghost ain't coming in you, do you? Open yourself up to him. Well, Brother Metter, I've seen people go down and repent and God baptize them in the Holy Ghost. They were open. They were open. And I've seen people go down and repent and wasn't open to the Spirit of God to change them and they struggle with just salvation for years to come. Yeah, they just struggle with it. They did. They struggle with it. And they struggle with habits and they struggle with bondages and they struggle with going back out in the world. Why? Because nothing in the Spirit started a work in them. Nothing was conceived in them. But when the Spirit starts a work in you and conceives in you and begins to grow, let me tell you something. You're going to change. You're going to change. You're going to get rid of some bad habits. You're going to get rid of some... And you know, I... I got so amazed that I would hear people years ago, Brother Michael, to get up and testify. God delivered me from cigarettes. God delivered me from alcohol. God delivered me from womanizing and whore hopping. God delivered me from gambling. But they never would testify how God delivered them of the old carnal man, of the old sinful nature. They never one time testified that they had put off the old man and begin to put off the new. Why? Put on the new. Why? They hadn't. All they had been done had been delivered from bad habits and had some morals set in place by the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. For Christ to be born in you, you're going to be like Him. You're going to be like Him in soul, mind, body, and spirit. You're going to put off this old man and put on the new. This carnal man's going to die and this new man's going to live and take his abode in you. You're going to become bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. Hallelujah. And you're going to live, walk, talk, think, uh, eat, breathe, sleep, uh, just like he did. Why? Uh, by God, something's been burned uh, on the inside of you. Hallelujah. And it don't come easy. It don't come easy. Hallelujah. It don't come easy. The very revelation he was expounding on is what God began to reveal in this church three years ago. And he still can't hardly preach it in this church. Because when you start getting into it, people want to pull back. Y'all want to pull back to religion. You want to pull back to what you've been taught. You want to pull back. Go ahead and study your scriptures. I will take you point by point on any question you got on being born again. And when it happened to Jesus, Jesus didn't come to this earth born again. He came to this earth made in the likeness of sinful flesh. He came as a man. He faced sin as a man. He didn't face it as a God. He didn't have some great measure of the Holy Ghost uh, that would just sit back and fight the devil. Uh, he had to abolish. The Bible said he abolished sin in his flesh. Uh, he abolished sin in his flesh. Uh, are you hearing me? Uh, he abolished sin as a man. Uh, Romans 8 uh, talks about there is therefore now uh, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus uh, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Uh, for the law of spirit and life uh, that is in Christ Jesus has made uh, me and you free from the law of sin and death uh, for what the law could not do uh, in that it was weak. Uh, it could not bring the, they that come to it. Uh, it couldn't bring them to perfection. Uh, it couldn't take away the sinful nature. Uh, all it could do was roll sins forward uh, every year. Uh, and he said what the law could not do uh, and that it was weak through the flesh. Uh, God sent his own son made uh, in the likeness of sinful flesh uh, made just like me and you. Uh, just like me and you. Uh, he had a carnal nature to overcome. Uh, he was a man. Are you hearing me? Uh, he was a man approved of God. Uh, he was a man. Uh, but that man made in the likeness of sinful flesh uh, and for sin condemned. Got victory over. Conquered. Destroyed. Put to death sin in the flesh. Then it is a man. That me and you would know we can do it. You have no excuse. The playing field's leveled. You have no excuse not to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You have no excuse 
not to fight that the very mind that was in Christ Jesus might be also in us. You have no excuse not to uh, not to fight to take this on. Uh, you have no excuse not to be made like him. Uh, he said, I'm your example. Did he not? Uh, did he not tell us he was our example? Uh, you can go ahead and read it in Hebrews. Uh, they said he went into the Holy of Holies uh, in the heavens, walked right into the holiest of holies, uh, put his blood on the mercy seat, uh, and for me and you obtained uh, eternal redemption. But then you know what it turned around and said? Uh, he was our forerunner uh, into the holies of holies. Uh, he was our forerunner into the fullness of God. Uh, and we fight and we uh, we pray uh, and we let the devil beat us down. Uh, and my God, all we try to do is stay safe week to week. Uh, I'm ready for some victory. Uh, I'm ready to be born again. Uh, I'm ready to come uh, into the fullness of the Godhead. Uh, are you listening to me? Uh, the very fullness of the Godhead now dwells where? Uh, bodily in Christ Jesus. Uh, it's fixing to dwell bodily again. Uh, in a people that will crucify their flesh. Uh, uh, put their carnal mind to death. Uh, come out from under this. Uh, death for to be carnally minded is death. Uh, but to be spiritually minded uh, is life and peace. We get pulled between death and life every day. Death and life every day. Death and life every day. We're pulled between it. Now studying on the Word this morning, meditating on the Lord. And we've quoted the Scripture time after time after time after time. The carnal mind is enmity against God. Have we not? Have we not quoted that Scripture? The carnal mind is enmity against God. Hallelujah. It is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. Are you hearing me? Well, I was meditating on the Lord, and the Lord spoke in my spirit. And he said, the carnal mind is rebellion against God. The carnal mind is rebellion against God. And let me tell you something. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as idolatry. And every time your flesh rebels against God, it opens a door for a spirit of witchcraft uh, and idolatry to get in. Uh, every time your flesh rebels uh, against the commandments of God, uh, I don't care whether it be tithing, attending the house of God, uh, getting in prayer like God's told us. Uh, are you hearing me putting off the old man, putting on the new, uh, whatever God's commanded you, uh, and you don't do it, uh, you open the door to a spirit of witchcraft. You open the door to it. You wonder how the spirit of witchcraft gets in the church? We open the door to it. You wonder how idolatry gets in the church? Your stubbornness and stiff neck and hard-heartedness. I took it a step further for you. God's talking to us. Somebody's fixing to possess the kingdom. Are you one of them somebodies? It ain't up to God. It's up to you. It ain't up to me whether I, God, whether I possess the kingdom or not. It's up to me. It's up to how I present my body before God. It's how I give myself a living sacrifice. It's how I cut out the pleasures of the world. Are you hearing me? It's how I separate myself from the world uh, and give myself to prayer and seeking God uh, and let God change my old stubborn, rebellious, uh, hateful nature. Uh, because there's people running around saying they're born again, uh, saying they're full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost, uh, and yet they're still stubborn, rebellious, hateful, uh, full of envy, debate, backbiting bitterness uh, still full of the works of the flesh uh, you cannot be full of the works of the flesh and uh, full of the fullness of the Holy Ghost uh, you might have an earnest in there trying to work something in you uh, but you never give in to the working uh, you never get into the, to letting God work things out of you uh, every time God you put you in pain uh, put you in adversity put you in a trial uh, put you in something you got to get down and pray and dig uh, you never let God change your hate nature. Uh, and I'm telling you, you're fixing a miss. Uh, some of you fixing a miss. Uh, the very thing you called and ordained for. You ain't going to do this on your own. This is a body ministry. This is a body ministry. If we don't let loose and let God take hold of us and, per- and, and bring us into the body and begin to use us. And that's what God's trying to do right now. There's a trans you mark my words, there's a transition going on. There's a transition going on. Hallelujah. I got something I want to minister on. I don't know if I can get to it or not. God really dealt with me about that spirit of witchcraft last night. 
in early into the morning, but I'm going to Ephesians 4 right now. And we'll go where I feel the unction of the Holy Ghost to go. How's that? Glory. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 4. Let's just go to verse 8. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Right there he took death captive. Are you hearing me? When he come out of that tomb, when he come out of that tomb... Not just the natural man, but the spiritual man. The spiritual man of him took spiritual death captive. He took spiritual death captive. Satan no longer had men in bondage. You go back to Hebrews 2 and read how that we took not on us the nature of Abraham, but he took not on him the nature of Abraham, but he took, uh, I mean, he didn't take on him the seed of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Be made like unto his brethren that in all things it behooved them. It pleased him, you know, to be made like unto his brethren. He was made like me and you. And when that, when he hung on the cross, I, I defy the church teaching. I, I defy what the church has taught. I, when he hung on that cross I, and he died in his spirit, I, he, he said just before he died, into thy hands, O Lord, I, I commit my spirit. Well, if he was going straight to heaven, I, why would he commit his spirit to the Father? I, but he didn't go to heaven in the spirit like the church has taught. I, he took on all our sins hanging on that cross, I, went to hell and paid for your sins as a transgressor. I, he didn't go down there where people were bound in hell uh, and preach a revival and people come out of hell. Uh, hey, you go to hell, there ain't no coming out. Bible said He was made sin for us. He that knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Is that what it says? He became sin. He spent two and one half days in the pits of hell. Got victory over your sins. Ascended back into his body, which became born again and glorified. Oh, I'm going to have some of y'all some mad today. You're going to chew your tongue in half. Y'all want to talk about me? I'm going to give you plenty of reason to talk about me. I can prove it to you in Acts 13. I can prove it to you in Acts 13. Hallelujah. I remember when I started preaching in 2006 on the resurrected life of Christ. And I was preaching that word and the Lord spoke something to me at the end. And he said, this day have I, for, have I begotten thee. It's what the Lord spoke to my spirit. He said, this day have I begotten thee. And I asked the people right there in the auditorium, I said, where does it say that? Somebody tell me, and nobody could tell me where it said that. Nobody could uh, explain to me what I wanted to hear. Are you hearing me? But the Lord asked me a question. I think it took me a year before God revealed this to me. Y'all bear with me. I'm caught up on this anointing. It's hard for me to concentrate where I am. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to Acts 13 if I can get there. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Man, I didn't know God was going to go this way today. Brother Michael, you opened something up, man. Hallelujah. But thank God you did. I said, thank God you did. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Go with me to Acts 13. Let's go to 33, I believe is where I want to go. Hang on just a minute. Yeah. God hath fulfilled the same unto us their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again, as is also written 
in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. He begot him when he raised him from the dead. Are you hearing me? You read uh, uh, Romans 8 and 11, and it talks about Christ being raised from the dead and Jesus being raised from the dead. There's two resurrections. Uh, the physical body of Jesus was raised from the dead, uh, and then there was, a, there was a resurrection and a joining in of the Christ. Uh, go back in. That he is the first begotten of the dead. The first begotten of the dead. He was not the first man resurrected from the dead. There's seven or eight people that was resurrected from the dead in the Bible. He was talking about spiritual death. He was the only one to be resurrected from spiritual death, to be resurrected out of hell. And when he was resurrected out of hell, Sister Carol, he said, I have the keys of hell and death. I have triumphed over the devil openly. I have triumphed over him openly according to Colossians. Brother Eddie, he said, I triumphed over him openly. And he took the keys of hell and death. No more could man be bound by spiritual death. No more could spiritual death hold him down. Because until Jesus came and done what he done, man spiritual death according to Hebrews 2 and this bondage that men were subject to all their life and they feared death but he conquered death he destroyed death not death in the flesh but spiritual death are you hearing me and Hebrews also says that by the grace of God he tasted death for every man there ain't no one of you sitting here if Jesus don't come in them clouds of glory or keep you alive till he brings his people home you're going to taste physical death he wasn't talking about physical death he said by the grace of God he tasted death for all men what did he do he went to hell and paid for your sins he redeems you from the bondage of Satan redeems your soul out of the pit of hell and right there in Acts 13.33 he said thou art my son this day have I begotten thee in reference to what that he raised Jesus from the dead. Argue with the Word of God. Argue with the Word of God. And everything's been preached to leave the church powerless. To believe the church, uh, to have the church believe in everything they're going to get, they're going to get in heaven. Man, God's got our kingdom ordained that you're going to walk in His dominion, His power and authority right here on this earth. That the mind that was in Christ Jesus is going to be also in you. Praise God, I don't want to walk as Jesus walked. I want to walk in the power of the resurrected Christ. I want to walk in the power of Him after His resurrection. That's what the Lord asked me when He started revealing this to me. He said, you want to be as I was or you want to be as I am? Brother Tony, all my life I've heard the manifested sons of God preach. That we would be like Jesus on this earth and have great miracles and great deliverance. Let me tell you something. Thus manifested sons of God ain't going to be like Jesus was. They're going to be as he is. They're going to be as he is. And all power in heaven and earth dwell with him. Are you hearing me? He's got victory over every circumstance, every situation. And holds the keys of death and hell. Are y'all hearing me today? It's time to get down to business because God's fixing to give a measure of this uh, to somebody. We can't even keep our flesh sanctified week to week. Halfway through the week, something gets our flesh riled up and we're ready to go whip somebody. We're all the time, if we don't watch ourselves, we're letting our mouth cause our flesh to sin. And then we run around full of the works of the flesh, full of bitterness, envy, strife, jealousy, division, backbiting, and then we claim to be born again. I'll tell you like I heard one preacher say it. You're born again all right, but it ain't of the Spirit of Christ. 
You're born again of the Spirit, but it's the Spirit of the flesh. It's the works of Satan. It's the works of your flesh that keep things stirred up in you. And it's time to put to death. I said it's time to put to death. Did you know there is a baptism that Paul talked about in Romans 6 that will baptize you into the body of his death? Are you hearing me? It will baptize you. Some of y'all looking at me like I stepped off a spaceship and got seven green eyes. That's all right. The revelation of the Word is going out. And bring it on Brother Michael. He started up. Y'all see where I read in Acts? Y'all see it? God has fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again. It is also written in the second psalm. And when he raised him from the dead, he said, Thou art my son. I, I, this day I have birthed thee. I have caused thee to be born again. I have brought thee in to the, my very image, my very nature, my very, very likeness. And now all heaven and earth, are you hearing me, dwells in you. Uh, and Revelation said he that had power over the second death uh, first death don't have no power over him he was born again he got power over the second death he got power over the first death that carnal I mean that carnal man he had power over that before he died but he didn't have power over that second death until he was born again once he was born again that first death death and hell couldn't touch him couldn't touch him. Are you hearing me? Could not touch him. Could not touch him. Could not touch him. Still can't touch him. Hallelujah. And there's coming forth a resurrection. Oh, my God. Man, I could just get cut loose and preach on this thing. Hallelujah. I could take you to Revelation 20 where it talks about they that gave their life and were beheaded for the mark, the number, and the name. That wasn't the people back there in the early church. That's people today. They fixing to give their lives for the mark, the number, and the name. And it ain't going to be what y'all think it is. The Lord told me the mark in the forehead is a demonic mind. It's a demonic mind. It ain't a number in your forehead. It ain't a tattoo or a computer chip in your forehead or your hand. Right hand is the power. Right hand is the power. The power of Satan and the mind of diabolical ungodliness is fixing to step up. God spoke to me a few weeks ago, told me a spirit of a beast was taking this generation over. Sister Sheila said it at the woman's meeting that there was a beastly spirit. The mark of the beast is the power of the beast in your right hand as the power of the Lord is in your right hand. The power of the beast will be in your right hand and as the mind of God is in your forehead, as the mind of God is written in your mind, so the mind of this beast will be written in your mind. That's the number of a man, which is 666. Hallelujah. But he said, I see a people being resurrected that have given their lives. They didn't take the mark, the number, or the name. You hear me? They wouldn't be called by that name. They wouldn't take on that nature. Some of y'all please tell me you understand where I'm going. But he said there's coming a resurrection. Of just these people. Here we go. Revelation 20. Brother Matter, you are messing me up. Good. Go pray. Go seek the face of God. Get down to business. Ooh-wee. I'm going to tell you something. I preached along these lines. will be back in 96. If you can ever get your hands on it, I preached a, a, a message in 96 over when Daddy had the little church in Rainsville on the power of the first resurrection. I don't know if my wife's got a copy of it. Christopher's got it. Get yourself a copy of it because I'm going to tell you something. It'll take you a long way. How many of you have heard that? Power of the first resurrection. Powerful word for 96. Can I get somebody to plug that in? I get about 40 miles to a cup full. 
But I just drove about 100 miles an hour, so I'm kind of kind of kind of waning right there. Glory. Let's just start at verse 1. My God, I had no idea I was going this way. I was going to preach on the spirit of the serpent. My Lord, and try to show you what's going on. I guess there'll come a time. Because, man, I feel this by the spirit. Verse 1 in chapter 20. And I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Oh, my God. How many uh, of y'all understand creation? Anybody in here doesn't understand creation? Anybody? Nobody? Everybody? Somebody? Do you understand creation? Do you understand that it took 6,000 years for God to create the heavens and the earth? Not six of our days, six of His days, which one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. Well, when the Lord done those those six days or 6,000 years, He rested. On that seventh day, He rested, and He lived in man in the fullness. And He commanded the seventh day to be a Sabbath to be a day of rest where we're coming to the end of six of God's days. We're coming to the end of 6,000 years. And when when we enter into this seventh year, somebody is going to be prepared for the fullness of God to live in man one more time because that's what God sanctified. That is God's rest that he can live in man in the fullness. So we're we're coming to the end of that sixth day. We're headed into that seventh day where God's just going to step right in and say, Here, here I am in the fullness. This what you've been waiting on. This is what you've been praying, fasting, seeking for. Uh, he's fixing to take us in a millennium. You want to know what the millennium is? Uh, it's a thousand year reign of Christ living in man. Uh, it's a thousand year reign. My uh, God and the rest of the dead uh, ain't going to live again till that thousand years is over with. Woo-wee. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Mm, yes. Bound him a thousand years. You don't have to worry about the devil during the millennium. And cast him into a bottomless pit and shut him up. And set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more. Till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones and they that sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them which were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, for the word of God which worshipped a word of God and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. There's your millennium right there. You know who else is going to live in that time? Everybody that gave their life as a martyr. Me and Paul might preach a revival in Jerusalem together. Ain't no telling, but the Bible talks about uh, Jesus said, I see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob uh, coming and sitting down in the kingdom of God. Uh, and I see those that it was prepared for being cast into outer darkness. Uh, are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, man, y'all need to be writing. I'm giving y'all some, uh, I'm giving y'all some study notes. And I saw thrones. Let me go on down. I got past that in verse 5. But the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. The resurrection of the martyred is the first resurrection. The resurrection of the good old saints of God that just went to church and loved God and never been through anything, that ain't the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be the priest of God and of Christ and shall reign with Christ and with him one thousand years. Man, we're going to have some good times. When that thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. And I'm not going to get into that. But I am going back to 1 Thessalonians 4. 
When I get through testifying today, I'm going to preach. I just feel a good testimony spirit. Anybody know what the testimony of Jesus Christ is? Spirit of prophecy. Spirit of prophecy. Say, don't tell them what's going to happen when I get through testifying. I feel the Spirit of God in me testifying. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians 4. Or do y'all want me to go preach something else? Verse 13. Brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. I don't want you dumb. I don't want you unlearned. Is that what it says? He don't want us dumb. He don't want us ignorant. He doesn't want us unlearned. About what? Concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as other which have no hope. For if ye believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so then... Even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. That is at the very last. That is at the very last. And I'm going to explain something to you right here before I go on into what I'm fixing to read. Those that are asleep in Christ are the good people of God, the saints of God that just went to church, loved God, lived good, clean, holy lives, but they never suffered anything for the gospel. Are you hearing me? One day just come along and their time was up and they just went to sleep or they, they went to rest. The word asleep means rest in the Lord. So these people are at rest in the Lord. At the end of time, which I will get to hopefully if the Lord don't keep getting me off on these detoured tracks, I will get to. But them will the Lord bring with them when he comes, when the others after the thousand years reign are resurrected. They're not going to be resurrected in this millennium. They're not going to be the only people that's going to be resurrected uh, with in this millennium are those that gave their lives, that were martyred, that come through the mark of the beast. And then we which are alive and remain. We've gone through the tribulation. We've gone through the persecution. We've gone through all the hard times. We have stood the test, and we which are alive and remain will be joined by them that are resurrected. And the ones that are resurrected in this resurrection I'm talking about, they are the dead in Christ. Because the dead in Christ is who gave their lives for the gospel and were persecuted and tormented. They lived a life like Paul and like Peter. You hear me? They're going to be resurrected. They're going to be resurrected, and they're going to be part of this first resurrection. How many of y'all going to want this CD? You better raise your hands now. Start counting, Sister Andrea. Hold your hands up. Start counting. Because I can see that puzzled, dumbfounded look getting on some of y'all's faces. Let me tell you something. A lot of this has been in here since 1984. This word's been in here since 1984. And when he started dealing with me on being born again and the power of the resurrected life, he started revealing the rest of this in 2006. And the majority of what I'm telling you has been in here since 2011 and 12. Are you hearing me? And I've sat on this. And I've tried to step here and not offend anybody and step over here and not offend anybody and step back here not to uh, not for people to look at me and go off and talk about me. Well, you know what I found? They're going to do it anyhow. So if they're going to do it anyhow, I'm just going to drive the whole truck right up in the middle of everything uh, and just find the dump lever and just dump it. If I'm going to get talked about, lied on, persecuted, my name cast out as evil, Brother Harlan, I'm going to have a reason. I said I'm going to have a reason. Now, some of y'all may have to put you on a hat and you meet somebody out in public and they find out you go to my church, you may have to pull that hat down and slide off real slow because they're going to brand you with this. Are you hearing me? But I don't care. I don't care. There is a resurrection power that we are stepping into that is coming to us that 
that it, we're going to be as he was, as he is, uh, in the power of his resurrection. Uh, that mind that was in Christ Jesus uh, going to be in us, brother. No matter what's going to happen to us, uh, I don't know what's going to happen to you. I know what's going to happen to me uh, because the Bible said, "Flesh and blood uh, shall not inherit the kingdom of God." Uh, but in a moment, in a uh, in a twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the last trump, uh, Hallelujah! The mystery of God shall be finished, uh, and the mystery of God is Christ in you, uh, the hope of glory. Revelation 10 uh, talks about when the seventh messenger shall uh, begin to sound that seventh trump, uh, which is not uh, angels, but it's anointing, it's a word, uh, it shall be finished, uh, hallelujah, and when that is begun to be finished, uh, you shall be changed in a moment, uh, in a twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the last trump, uh, and this corruption shall put on incorruption, uh, and this mortal shall put on immortality. Uh, what's going to happen then, Brother Matter? I'm going to rule and reign with him a thousand years. Put another quarter in this thing, and I'll go another 30 minutes. Some of y'all didn't hear me. Y'all think when that in 1 Corinthians 15 happens, y'all going to go to heaven. Huh? Bye. Go ahead. I'm going to stay here and rule and reign with Christ a thousand years. Why? He promised me that I was a king and priest. He said, I'll have a, a, a chosen generation, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. Are you hearing me? The Lord told me several years back. He said, there's two priesthoods. He said, one is the order of Aaron. The other is the order of Melchizedek. Well, let me tell you something. The priest of the Melchizedek order is Jesus Christ. He was not made of the power of carnal commandments, but made after the power of an endless life. I ain't going to put on carnal commandments like they did in the days of Reformation when Moses wrote the law. But I am going to put on the power of an endless life. Hallelujah. For Melchizedek was without father, without mother, had neither beginning of days or end of life. He's still around somewhere. Hallelujah. He said he's still around somewhere. He was high priest till Jesus took over. I said he was high priest till Jesus took over. And when Jesus ascended up, you know, everybody calls Jesus their high priest. Said he's our high priest. The Bible says he's our high priest. He didn't perform one priestly duty on this earth. But when he ascended up into heaven, walked into that holiest of holies with the blood that he shed on that cross with that blood still dripping out of his head and out of his side. And he placed that blood on the mercy seat. Every sin from the beginning of time, their back was paid for. It wasn't rolled under that altar. It wasn't put on the scapegoat and run out in the wilderness. It was paid for. Therefore, by one sacrifice and one time, he obtained eternal redemption. It means he don't got to do it again. He ain't going to suffer again. He done suffered one time without the gate. He done suffered the torments and horrors of hell. Read Psalms. Death seized upon me. The pains of hell got hold of me. The only way he come out of that, he believed the word. What word did he believe? For thou shalt not leave my soul in hell, neither will I suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will I suffer thy holy one to, to see corruption. After the body has been in the grave three days, it starts to rot. So how do you know that? When Jesus went to resurrect Lazarus from the grave, and he told him, he said, roll away the stone. They said, Lord, he's been in the grave four days. He stinks by now. So anything that stays in the grave more than three days... And everybody said, well, Jesus was in the tomb three days and three nights. I got news for you. No, he wasn't. I need to charge double for these. We got your interest, Brother Harlan. You with me? Have I totally lost you, son? Probably. That's okay. You're young in the Lord. You got time to get there. Jesus did not go into hell as a victor, as the church is taught. He was crucified on Friday. Spent Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night, and rose early Sunday morning. That's two and a half days. He rose the third day. Where does the three and a half days come from? 
where the Bible said, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so shall the Son of Man be three days and uh, three nights in the heart of the earth. When by the Spirit he went into the earth and preached to the souls that was in prison that had no nothing to govern them from, from Noah's day unto Moses. Bible says he went by the Spirit into prison. Didn't say he went into hell. He went into prison. Those souls were in prison. They had no guidance. They had nothing to believe with. They had no law to live by. They had nothing to govern them. So therefore they died under sin and they were held in prison. They were held in prison. And when he went down there and preached those three days and three nights, everyone that received him came out with him. Are you hearing me? They came out with him. I said they came out with him. That's how them souls up there are going to come back. Hallelujah. Enoch prophesied that, that the Lord would return. And when he returned, he would bring back with him ten thousands of his saints. That's where they come from. And I'm going to tell you where the rest of them come from. In Matthew, when he, when he died and he yielded up the ghost and the veil of the temple was rent in twain. Y'all read that in the Gospels? It said the graves of many of the saints, not sinners, not ungodly, not unholy, but many of the graves of the saints was opened. And after his resurrection, they were seen walking Jerusalem testifying uh, about Jesus. Well, what happened to them? Uh, well, after 40 days of resurrection and teaching his disciples uh, what was fixing to happen and how the kingdom of God was fixing to come, uh, he was instructing them on things, uh, and he started going up. Uh, and all them people standing around there listening to him uh, that had been resurrected started going up with him. Uh, you say, what are you talking about? The Bible said uh, he went up in a cloud in the Bible a cloud is people. Are you hearing me? He went up in a cloud. He went up in a pillar of people and them two angels standing there said, Why do ye stand here amazed? Know ye not that this Jesus of Nazareth how ye have seen him go? He's coming back in like manner. How did he say he was coming back? With ten thousands of his saints. I don't know if I need to slow down, stop, or just quit. Boy, it feels good. Man, I've had this thing kicking in around there for 20-something years, Brother Harley. I think it's about time I got it out before it hurt me. You say, you're crazy. Leave me alone. I'm happy. You don't believe this? I'm sorry. You don't want to follow after this? You find you another place to go to church. I can't help it. This is what God's put in me. This is the vision God's put in me to take people into the fullness of God. Right here on this earth. The fullness of God. Go ahead, take your Bible, search it out. Search it out, find it. You can't find it, I'll help you. I'll help you, you hear me? I'll help you. Why? I want you to understand. I'm not trying to confuse you. I want you to understand. Y'all hear me? I want you to understand. God wants to take us into a place we've never been. Nobody's ever walked in this place except Jesus himself. Nobody's ever walked in this place. Nobody's ever possessed this. The fullness of God has never lived bodily anywhere except in Jesus or the Christ. And let me tell you something. It didn't happen until after He was resurrected. If He had the fullness of God when He walked this earth and He had all power over the devil... And he couldn't sin. Me and you better hang it up right now. We just better hang it up. No, he come as a man. Are you hearing me? And the thing about it is, he's still a man. He's still a man. I can see some of y'all just... Okay, I'll explain it. When he appeared to him in the room after his death and resurrection, he said, what are you all afraid of? He said, it is I. Be not afraid. It's I. Be not afraid. He said, it is I. He said, a spirit hath not. And I believe if you all won't find this, it's in Luke 24. If I remember right, somewhere in there, I believe that's where it is. The last few verses, just before he told them to go tarry, they'd be endued with power from on high. 
But he said, a spirit hath not flesh and bone as ye see me have. He said, touch me, handle me. There's my hands. There's the nail prints. There's the hole in my side. Stick your hand in there. He said, I'm not a spirit. Give me a piece of broiled fish and honeycomb gig. Give me something to eat. He ate. He ate. Amen, he ate. Was it First Timothy 2 and 5? said, there's one God and one mediator between men and God, the man, Christ Jesus. He's still man. He still understands everything he went through. He still understands all the infirmities. He still understands everything you battle. So he's sitting right between you and God. When you go to prayer and there's something God can't understand about flesh, and God is not moved by emotion. Y'all might as well get that in y'all's head. But Jesus understands emotion. And so when you pray, that man part of him mediates and goes to God. When God answers in the spirit and you can't understand, the spirit part of him breaks it down that man can understand and comes down to man so that you can understand your answer. Hallelujah. God is not a hard taskmaster. There is one media, There's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And one of the writers wrote, we are flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone. This isn't going to cost y'all double. You hear me? He's right there. He's right there. When I try to explain the revelation I had about Jesus becoming the Christ, how I seen everything he done on earth, but Tony, everything he done on earth, the miracles, the healings, the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, all the divine miracles, all the exploits, everything he done, I saw that the Holy Ghost that was in him, that they became like a twisted DNA and they started becoming one, that you couldn't separate Jesus from the Christ. And finally the Bible says he became Christ. He became Christ. And I'm going to explain one more scripture to you. He became the very Christ. Word said he did. Word said he did. Amen. And the Holy Ghost... That he sent back on the day of Pentecost. He didn't send the fullness of it back. But the Holy Ghost that came back on the day of Pentecost was not the Holy Ghost he preached with. It was not the Holy Ghost he had miracles by. The Holy Ghost that came back on the day of Pentecost was that unity of that God and man. I started to walk out of that office on February the 19th, three years ago. It'll be three years February, right? No, it was, it's been a year. Hadn't a year gone by, wasn't it? I think it's a year and a half right now. But anyway, but I started to walk out of that office, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, the Holy Ghost I'm sending back to my people, he said, is the resurrected power of Christ mixed with the humanity of man. You're not going to get away from the knowledge that the man had because we got to have it. we got to have it. It puts God and man together. And in that, Wisdom that that Holy Ghost has, it's going to retain the knowledge of that man on how to deal with man. Because it's just like I told you, the Spirit of God can't deal with man. The Spirit of God can't just deal with man in every situation. He's got to have a mediator. So that man Christ Jesus, that Holy Ghost, that intertwined DNA, spiritual DNA that I saw, going to live in here, and I'm going to be able to minister. And when I need the wisdom that Jesus gained as a man, it's going to be there. When I need the knowledge and understanding he gained as a man, it's going to be there. But when I need the power and authority and dominion of God, it's going to be there. It's going to be there. And this explains a scripture to me that I have puzzled over all of my life. And so have y'all. John 14 and 12. For verily, verily, I say unto you, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these. For he that believeth on... Let me get it. Sometimes my concordance don't come up just right on my screen. But anyway, it's John 14. And I'm pretty sure it's verse 12. 
For verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me. That's what it is. The works that I do shall he do also. John 14. No, it's 12. Yep. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me. The works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do. Because what? I go to my Father. And if I go to my Father, I will not leave you comfortless. That's what he goes on to say. But I will send you another comforter. I'm not going to send you the same Holy Ghost that dwelt with me. I'm going to send you another comforter. In other words, I'm going to send you something greater than what I ministered in. Oh, boy, that got you, didn't it? I'm going to send you something greater. He said, I'm going to send you another comforter. So he sent something back on the day of Pentecost that was greater than anything he ever ministered in. And when we get the fullness of this thing, it ain't just going to be the fullness of God. It's going to be the wisdom and humanity of man mixed with the fullness of God. And thereby you're going to be able to do greater works than what Jesus done because you're walking in a greater knowledge, a greater power, a greater wisdom, and a greater understanding. Because he never ministered. Once he received the fullness of God, he never ministered on this earth. He taught his disciples about the kingdom, but he never went out and ministered. If I could ever get you all to see what God wants to give us, you'd run over yourself to get to church and get in these altars. If I could ever get you to understand what God's prepared for us and where God wants to take us. And I didn't mean to confuse you all today. The only thing I can tell you to do is get this CD and just wear it out. Wear it out going up and down them roads to Atlanta, Brother Donald. Just take this, Brother Harley, and get this and wear it out. Just wear it out. Wear it out. Wear it out. And pray for God to give you understanding. He'll give you understanding. Because what I've just preached to you, whether y'all realize it or not, is the mystery of Christ. I've just preached the mystery of Christ to you. I've just preached the mystery of Christ to you. And the mystery of Christ is our hope of glory. So if you can't get this and get this in you, you ain't got no hope of glory. Just telling you what the Word says. Colossians 1, 26, Paul said, and Jesus Christ is our hope of glory. Amen. This is the mystery that Paul could never reveal like he wanted to. He couldn't reveal it. People couldn't hear it. People still can't hear it. And I only get to do this when the Spirit takes over. Well, man, there's several times I've walked out here to preach just like this and the Spirit just shut down on me. And now I walked out here to preach something different. And the Spirit just turned me loose. Don't you love it? But this is something I want y'all to get in your spirit. I'm not going to go on in this revelation anymore because I feel like the Lord's Scan the spectrum. Amen. I feel like he's about covered it from one end to the other. But for those of y'all that weren't here last night, there's a, a, a great spirit of deception and warfare that has attacked one of the ministers you all know. She had been in a warfare with this thing for months on end. Finally, God began to reveal that thing to her yesterday. Told her to go to a church that she don't attend on a regular basis. When she got in there, she was over two hours late. She slid in on the back row. And the sister was up talking about how she'd been hurting and aching and couldn't sleep and just different things. And the Spirit of God fell on this sister. She walked up and took the mic and began to call out that spirit of witchcraft and said, this is what has bound my people. This is what is bound them. So they got aches and pains, but no infirmities. They got restlessness in their spirits, can't sleep, can't rest. But there's nothing there except the warfare of a spirit of witchcraft. And she went on and broke that thing down kept calling it a serpent spirit. And that's what I was going to preach on today. But I want you all to get this in y'all's minds because the Lord lets me. I'll turn loose on this next Sunday. I want you to stop and think. Eve got deceived. Y'all hear me? She got deceived. But you look at her situation. There was no sin in the land. There was no knowledge of good and evil. There was no devil for her to fear.
So in other words, with subtly, subtly, without any warning, she couldn't see it coming, didn't know it was there, didn't know what the, what the serpent was trying to do because there had been no sin. She wasn't worried about sin and she didn't know what sin was. Y'all hearing me? There was no knowledge of good and evil. She had a mind that God had created her in. She was created eternally. I'm trying to show y'all what the devil's doing. And she could not see that thing going to deceive her because there had been no deception. In other words, she was innocent. She was wide open. And the enemy got her. What did he do? He seduced her and persuaded her without her knowing that she could break the Word of God and there would be no consequence. And you listen to me. There are spirits today that are approaching God's people that are trying to get you to break God's Word and go against what God is teaching. You don't know their spirits. You don't see them. You don't understand that they're there. You don't understand what's happening. They're just this subtle. They're just this subtle. And you're telling yourself you're all right. And I'm telling you, the devil's fixing to get some of you because you won't listen. You won't listen to the warning from the pulpit. You won't get in a relationship with God. The only way you're going to recognize this, you're going to come into a, a relationship with God. I'm talking about prayer. And submit yourself to God every day. If you don't come into prayer and submit yourself to God's teaching and the, and the ruling and the government of the Holy Ghost every day, these spirits are going to be standing right there beside you. And you ain't even going to know they're there. They're going to be right there talking to you right up here. And you're going to think it's just your thoughts. You're going to think it's just your thoughts. And that thing's going to get you before you know it's got you. You better be careful. Oh, well, Brother Metter, you know I got Let me tell you something. A vessel created in the image of God knew no sin, had no knowledge of good and evil, and the enemy outsmarted her. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are that you can withstand these powers and these forces? without a prayer and a relationship with God. Just who do you think you are? See, that's what's going to get people. They think they got something they don't have. Oh, well, I got the Holy Ghost. You have got an earnest of the Spirit of God. That means you have a measure. And it's sad to say, but a lot of us have not grown one bit from the measure we got years ago. My dad had a great revelation of the Word of God. God visited him back in the 60s. He could, he could preach about the fivefold ministry, Brother Eddie. He understood the fivefold ministry. But my dad, to my knowledge, did not get another visitation from the 60s when God gave that to him. And my dad had miracles. He turned the Church of Christ on its ear up in Ohio back in the 50s because he was a man of prayer and fasting. There was a lady who went to a Church of Christ, and Church of Christ denies miracles. They will defy you on miracles. And she come over to the Church of God where Daddy was preaching, and he laid hands on her, and God opened her blind eyes, and he sent that town in an uproar because God opened them blind eyes. I mean, he turned that Church of Christ upside down and made that pastor fighting mad. But he was in a relationship with God. But it's like when God gave him that visitation in 1964 about the fivefold ministry for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body. He got locked on that. And every time he'd go somewhere to preach, that's what he preached. He wouldn't seek God. He would just preach that revelation. And it closed a whole lot more doors than it opened because you can't. I mean, you think 60 years ago, back in the 60s, how do you preach on the perfecting of the saints? Couldn't do it. People weren't ready for it. 
Why did God? Get, I don't know why God gave it to him. But I'm telling you, we can't stay in the revelation of the Spirit of God that we have. We got to go deeper. We got to go deeper. Amen. We got to go in something newer. We got to have this relationship with God every day. And then, if God wants to visit us, that was a great visitation God gave Sister Kathy this morning. And Sister Kathy, your fast is over. Lord told me since he visited you, your fast is over. If you want to eat, you can eat or you can go tomorrow. It's it's up to you. But the visitation's done. The dedication's done. God has honored what he because you've done what he told you to do. And it ain't easy. I think you, you fasted, what, seven days and then eat a day and then turn around fasting. That's not easy. Not in this day and time. Back in the 70s and 80s, it was easy to fast. It was. Because I lived a fasting life. There was nothing to go on 14, 21 days, sometimes even two or three, 40-day fast a year. But my God, you get to lunchtime now and your stomach thinks your throat's cut. And you're crying for something to eat. But God's restoring the spirit of fasting. It's coming back to us. That's proof right there. Did she fight? Yeah, but she took it by force. She took it before. Say amen. Hallelujah. Prepare yourselves. God's getting ready to send some of you forth. And we need to know how these spirits operate. And we need to know how the enemy is afflicting and tricking people. Amen. We need to be wise. And we need to get the place God can gift us. And we can move forward. And it wouldn't surprise me to see teaching come forth on the gifts of the Spirit and the anointing and the unction of the Holy Ghost in this church for the next several months, several weeks, because God ain't going to let you sit right here where you're at. He's going to gift you. He's going to send you forth. The world's dying for deliverance. He ain't going to send you out there unequipped. But He's going to equip you and He's going to send you out. Amen. I hope this word's been a blessing to you. Would you bow your heads and let's go to prayer. Father, I thank you for this. Lord, I had no intention of walking down this road. But, Lord, you swung the door wide open. And I just had to get in the middle of it. Thank you, Lord, for the Word, the revealing of the Word, the moving of the Spirit through every vessel, God, that you've moved on this day. Thank you, Father. God, I believe this Word is going to get in some people's hearts and cause them to search and seek and get rooted and grounded. Let your name be honored, glorified, and praised and lifted up. And God, let the Word and the Spirit of this Word get in our hearts and our spirits. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Appreciate it. Does anybody need prayer? You need me to lay hands on you?